uh, when I was young we had a bird cage and we used to put it out every morning and trust that the bird might go into it. Now I never like to catch anything or, or, or fish or kill anything. But uh, normally no, no bird would ever show up in, in the bird cage and you just kind of bring it back in again overnight. But it's a bit like that when you're, when you're writing something. You hope something will happen. A lot of the time it doesn't. Well, sometimes there'll be a bird in the cage and if the, if the work is good, it'll, it'll sing away. For me, I would use the wind uh, because most days um, there's a gentle breeze, there's a bit of sway, there's a flutter here and there. And you try not to to um, tighten your grip on the on the process too much. You have to allow the process to, to sing away in its own in its own manner, and not to grasp it like uh, in the hands too much. Otherwise, you kind of kill it. And then again, other days are dead still, barely a whisper, no movement at all. Another allegory might be, or another image might be, it's a bit like fishing. You know, you have to go out with every day and fish and trust that you'll find something. Uh, the important thing with, 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 with that allegory is that you have to go into deep water to find a, a decent fish and not to be fishing in a local pond. could stay like that for a while and then from nowhere the wind rises you could get gusts like bursts of creativity the flow is strong and fierce then it dissipates back to a gentle breeze again and uh, be aware of the sharks and, and, and be aware of the, the consequences of fishing in deep water but uh, it's the only place to fish, really. As a kid, I was always fascinated with stories of alchemy. Uh, transforming base metals into gold. I don't know why, but it really, it fascinated me that, I suppose first that gold could be so important, such a, such a, a beautiful thing and such a treasured thing in people's lives and all those fairy stories of, of gold sovereigns and ducats and So that process of, of transforming base metals into gold and how difficult it was and how everyone wanted to be able to do it, that absolutely fascinated me. And I'm, so I'm not looking any further um, for a metaphor for the creative process and that old chestnut alchemy. 
that, that somehow when it all goes well, especially in poetry where you're working with so few words, if you manage to, um, to, to work the poem that, so that suddenly, without quite knowing how it happens, a transformation occurs and you have, you have something very special which is far more than the, the sum of the, the, the words put down on the page. And that, I think, is the magic we all strive for, the alchemy of poetry and the extraordinary um, spell that language, language made of only 26 letters in our language, um, and then made into words, and then just the infinite variety of, um, of magic you can weave with that. So, uh, for me... Alchemy will do. The creative process is also a bit like gardening to me. I love gardening. But in order to garden, I have to get into my boots and gardening jacket and get all my gardening tools. I can't just walk out and start digging. I have to kind of get into my gardening uniform. And I feel it's the same when I'm about to do something creative. It's sometimes like a washing machine. Spinning, agitating, and then there's the steady thrum as it's in the washing cycle doing its thing. It's like swimming underwater for a very long time and having to come up for breaths of air just to gather your thoughts then you go back again. But you have to go deeper and deeper. You have to go right down to the ocean bed to find those pearls, to find that treasure, the things that you can use. Sometimes I feel like it's madness, a good kind of insanity, which is an oxymoron, but that's what it feels like. You cannot have a creative process without a bit of chaos to delve and dip into to travel between two worlds. Being a creator is as near as you get to playing God. I know, I know a writer who speaks about himself as a, as a mole. Uh, when he's writing a novel, he speaks about himself as a mole and he's underground for three years and at the end of the three years he gets to poke his head up into the light, blinking and half-blinded. I think the word courage comes to mind. You know, because when you actually create something or write something or paint, then you're taking a risk. So courage just comes from the French cœur, the, the heart, the life, 
the spirit, the soul of something. And I think that is the creative process, just letting go and not being afraid to put the thing down and see what happens. There's no more, for me, there's no more, no less to it. It's just a question of a bit of bravery and courage and putting yourself out there, so to speak. My own image is of working in a in a quarry, working in a white marble quarry with blinding light, <laughs> and you have to carve shapes out of a wall that you can you can hardly see. Not because it's dark, but because the the whole thing is overlit. And. Um, it's only in some sense when the sun sets in it that you can see what shapes that you have carved and what shapes you need to carve. Different things resonate for me at different times, but often the rooted on creativity is a natural, organic process. I keep a list of guiding principles as part of my morning pages. Lessons I've learned or things that I've heard or read that resonate with me. And one of them is to live like water. Creativity being like a river resonates with the idea of flow. And that the river travels until it meets resistance. But it doesn't battle with that resistance. It either goes around it or, if it can't, builds up gradually and overcomes it. You're diving into the waves and you're getting all those creative things going and then you're coming up for air and sometimes you're just floating for a little bit and willing the universe to bring all these gifts to you so that you can collect them and get them down. Or it doesn't, which can be a challenge when you're a human and not a river. But holding on to the idea that it's a natural process and will resolve itself if it's supposed to is healthy and resonant. I'm particularly thinking of those uh, spate rivers uh, of the west of Ireland where you've got a lot of turbulence, a lot of stones being pushed down by the floods. And in parts of those rivers you get these rock shapes where the rock is smoothed over time by the passage of stones and you get some very interesting, smooth, sculptural, almost monumental forms. And it's interesting that those smooth, rounded forms are actually created at the point of greatest turbulence. It's almost as if you go down into a deep, dark hole to find out where you've left all those bits of creativity. As you gather them up so that you can put them together, you can produce works of art or literature. That's the way I've always thought of it. Um, the shirt off, you're there with your hammer and chisel, uh, carving these shapes out of a rock face, out of a marble rock face. Writing is also evocative of moulding, weaving, and sculpting language. It's like a mastercraft. 
In addition to all of that, there are just so many ways to approach your writing. You can come to it as a psychologist, an architect, an engineer, a social worker, a spy. You get to wear many, many different hats and that is just endlessly fascinating and fun. It's like exercise, it's like trying to get fit, it's like trying to play a sport. Um, you're not going to be good at it straight away. You're only going to get good or get decent by trying it again and again and doing a little bit, you know, as regularly as possible. And um, in order to get to those periods where you actually get in the zone and you pull off something really special, uh, you've got to put in hundreds of hours of, of just dogging it, of just like, yeah, doing laps, doing lengths. That's what a lot of creativity is. And I think, um, you know, you, ha you, have to, you have to work through the, the bad stuff to get to the good stuff. Whenever I talk to someone about writing or art being artistic, they, you know, that's the thing they say. What discourages them is they're like, well, I, I've tried it once or twice and I just could never write, like, you know, as well as my, you know, their favorite writer or whatever. And you're like, yeah, but, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't just come out like that. You do have to, you do have to keep at it no more than you can't just get up and run a marathon one day. Well, I've always thought it's kind of like meeting up with old ghosts. When you return to that page, those characters are returning to. You are operating on a very special kind of spiritual playing field. Otherwise, a pal of mine said, it's more like riding a horse than driving a car. And that if you whip and beat the thing, i.e. you or your creative self, in order to get to the destination, it'll either die or kick you off. There was a quote in my head from E.L. Doctorow and I went off and looked it up just so I'd be able to quote it properly. But they said, writing is a socially acceptable form of schizophrenia. And writing is like driving at night in the fog. You can only see as far as your headlights, but you can make the whole trip that way. And for me, that's the absolute truth. It's not unlike a love affair. The initial excitement, the heady obsession, the joy, the frustration, the exhaustion, satisfaction. There's a kind of a midwifery of getting it down and out and onto the page. Um, but then there's also like that sort of um, looking after it and the duty of care to make it, to shape it as best I can and to give it the sort of social conventions to make it respectable and confident um, and okay for when I send it off into the world and for it to go and have its own adventures with, with the readers. I have the word harvest written above my desk next to 2022, as in next year. That harvest might not actually come in 2022. The growth period might be longer than that, because most things take longer than you hope or expect. But in principle it works for me to think of the work growing beneath the surface, to be harvested when the time is right. By the time uh, a novel or a group of poems or an essay finally gets published, 
it has usually gone through a process, you might say, of turbulence, you know, being pushed around, being commented on, revised, being left aside, taken up again. But as the process continues, something can get um, affirmed. There's a kind of increasing stability or security about the thing that survives all of the friction. friction. Of, of commentary and revision and scrutiny. So that's my favorite analogy for the creative process. And it's not just, as I say, about an instant of uh, inspiration or the rush of the first draft, but it's really about the extended process by which um, we gradually arrive at the finished product. For much of my life, I have lived by the sea, observing the various changes and differences that occur between high tide and low tide, depending on the phase of the moon. How the sun, fire, and moon, water, are the energy forces that affect all of life. The gravitational pull of the tide is stronger at the new and full moon. This says so much to me about the creative process, the waxing and waning of the moon, the ebb and flow of creative energy. I'm not separate from what is going on in the cosmos. I'm learning to breathe into, be one with the natural creative flow of birthing, dying, and rebirthing. I would see, or the metaphor I would use would be that of a labouring cow. I would see in my mind the labouring cow and the vet standing behind her, the vets pulling on those big shoulder-length latex gloves and reaching inside that cow up through the birth canal and the vet grabs a hold of the leg of the calf and the cow is bellowing in pain and then out slips the calf, slimy and bloody, a new life in the world. And that's, for me, sums up the creative process. You know, it can be difficult, it can be sweaty, bloody and painful when you're trying to pull those words out when they won't come because sometimes they just don't want to come. But yeah, it's 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 a labour, really. And when when the words are out and they're on the page, then all is good with the world, all is well, and any pain that one endures in the creative process is gone. And um, there's something else I want to say here about birds too. And. Um, it's a kind of a silly, half-formed idea, but I'll share it with you anyway. Um, I sometimes find myself thinking of my writer self as a bird. Um, some, And it's a different bird each day. Some days I'm a lark, other days I'm a crow. Um, they're the days where everything I write comes out flat. 
Sometimes I'm the overfed robin outside my back door who struggles to fly. Some days I'm a penguin who flaps and wobbles forward awkwardly, definitely not gracefully. And occasionally my writer self is a swallow who sometimes disappears for whole seasons at a time, but um, always comes back. Whenever we had company, 